Hi, everybody. Welcome to Anything Goes. It's me. I'm Emma. God, I had a rough night last night. I'll get into it. So I had a super anxious day yesterday. I don't really know why. I don't know what happened, what came over me. Um, I just like was spiraling all day about different things. My anxiety was just so bad. I don't think I've had that terrible of anxiety in months. Um, but it creeped up and it caught up to me. So the anxiety was going on. And then when it was finally time to go to sleep, my body was like, no, no, you're not doing that. None of that for you. So I literally stayed up until 4 a.m. and could not sleep. And my mind was just racing and it was fucking awful. But the good news is I knew this in the moment and now I'm living it. Last night I was like, tomorrow morning I'm going to be fine. Like I know I'm not going to be anxious about any of this stuff. Turns out, woke up the next morning, was no longer anxious. Why is that? Like I don't get what it is about nighttime that makes anxiety 10 times worse. I cannot figure it out. Um, It makes it so much harder to control. I think it's because you kind of know that you need to go to sleep soon and settle down. But the thought of settling down is like it makes you more anxious. And the next thing you know, you're up until 4 a.m. So I slept until 11 today, which I have not done in a really long time. And uh, it was kind of shitty. But you know what? We're recording today. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about what you guys need advice on today. We're doing advice session number three. I'm so excited. Basically, advice session is where you guys ask me what you need advice on. And then I play big sister for the day and I, you know, and I give you guys the advice that I have. So let's get into it. This episode is presented by haagen It's love at first bite with the new haagen Dulce de Leche Bar, featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream, swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide. That's DOS. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Colgate Optic White. Their overnight whitening pen gives you visibly whiter teeth in just seven days when used as directed. Just popping the pen into your night routine will have you waking up with that perfect teeth vibe without even trying. I drink a lot of coffee. I drink a little bit of red wine. Listen, my teeth are stained a little bit, okay? And so little tools and tricks that I can add into my routine that make me feel more confident really help in front of the camera and just in my normal life. It's a great way to give yourself an extra confidence boost and live life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Oh, um, I just made the most disgusting burp I've ever made and I cannot leave it in because 
you would all never listen to the podcast again. Like that was the craziest burp I've ever heard. I don't know why I burp only when I'm recording. Actually, that's not true. I burp literally all the time. But that was really terrifying. So I'm really sorry if you guys heard that. Anyway, uh, now let's get into the questions. All right. Number one, somebody wrote in, I feel so unloved and out of place because I haven't kissed a guy yet or had a boyfriend yet. And I'm 17. I totally know what you mean. I was very similar. I was kind of a late bloomer and like socially and like physically, like obviously a you know, late bloomer. You know what that means. I don't need to get into it. But like I just didn't fucking go through puberty until I was literally 16 and everybody else went through puberty when they're like 12. So that was interesting for me. Um, I literally got my period when I was 16. So if that doesn't tell you how late of a bloomer I was, I don't know what will. But I just was like really like the thought of boys to me, it just, it was almost so scary that it wasn't even appealing anymore. Like the thought of kissing a guy for me was just out of the question. I was like, I, I'm too scared. Like, I just can't do it. Like, it would be so awkward. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, all of the fears that, that one has when it comes to all of those things. And at the same time, like, because I was kind of a late bloomer, there weren't really a lot of dudes that were interested in me at the time when I was in high school and middle school and all of that. Um, and it totally made me feel unloved, even though it was also partially my decision. Like I also didn't really want to like, I wasn't ready to like start the whole boy thing. Like I was too scared for so many years, but even though I didn't really want to either, I also kind of deep down did. And I think a big part of it too is that nobody really ever showed enough interest in me to make me inspired to like push my fear aside. Like it just, I don't know if that makes sense, but I totally get it. The thing that I think I wish I knew when I was younger and I hadn't kissed a guy yet um, or had a boyfriend yet is that there really is no rush and you don't know that when you're in it. But I think some people are quicker to start those things. Like some people have their first kiss in like sixth grade and then it's just crazy from there. And some people, um, some people are more like you and me where we maybe feel a little bit scared or uncomfortable by that. And we have to wait a little bit longer for that to feel comfortable for us. Both scenarios are completely normal, healthy, and fine. Um, I think for your specific situation, my advice would be to find a guy that you feel really safe and comfortable with. Maybe even start dating a guy. Like whenever you start dating a guy, save those things for for that person where you know that they aren't going to judge you and that they can kind of help you feel comfortable with all of these things. And they can kind of guide you, you know what I mean? So that you're not like, it's like more disgust. You know what I mean? When you're dating somebody, you're like, hey, I actually haven't had my first kiss. I don't know. And then they can kind of help you through that and be like, don't even be nervous. Like there's no pressure or whatever. That's at least how they should be acting. Um, another thing you could do, this was kind of more what I did when I was younger. I literally was like, I don't care. I just want to get it over with. I will kiss anybody. I just want to get it out of the way so that I don't need to be nervous anymore. So then I just like kissed a random dude. He wasn't random, but 
like somebody I didn't know very well so that there was no pressure like I actually ended up being becoming friends with him after like and we kind of just forgot that that whole thing happened but it was kind of nice because it was also like I didn't feel like this pressure because I literally had met him twice so it was like okay I don't care what he thinks I'm not trying to impress him I'm not trying to date him so there's no like pressure of like oh my god if I fuck this up then I'm never going to be able to talk to him again because like you know, but, and I want to date him. Like there's so much less on the line when it's somebody that you don't really care about their opinion of you. So that can kind of be good too. But I think either of those options are good, but just remember that there's no rush and that you have your whole life to, to have boyfriends. You have your whole life to kiss boys. There's just no rush. And if anything, it's just not that exciting, right? Like once you like get it over with and you like have your first kiss and it's over then like the whole thing becomes not as fun anymore it's almost more fun to like dream about it and like speculate what it's gonna be like then it's more fun to do that almost than it is to actually kiss guys or girls or whatever not that it isn't great and all but you get what I'm saying like there's something really special about the time before you've had your first kiss when you get to dream about it and be like oh my god you know a little fairy tale Like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like, you know. Next one. How do you deal with non-mutual crushes in love? God, this is the worst. And, you know, I've actually handled this in multiple different ways in my life. So I don't know. I think that there's two options, right? You can kind of be friend. Let's say it's your friend, right? You can continue to be friends with them and enjoy their company and just kind of like low-key manifest it like obviously don't have too many expectations because that can end up hurting you but also remembering that it's like not impossible right like it's not impossible they could come around and they could be like you know what actually you're pretty fucking awesome let's let's date um you never know so I think that never like necessarily giving up is step number one like you'd be surprised people will be fully like no way I would never date you and then would turn around and do it it's happened I've it, it these things happen um but if you're feeling like very hopeless and you're like there's no way that this is gonna work or you're not even really that close with this person so there's no way that you can like bond with them I say that you just try to find somebody else that you have a crush on to replace that right so like even if it's a fucking this might sound psychotic but even if it's like a celebrity this is so weird but like when I was younger if I would have a crush on a guy and it like wasn't going well, I would literally find like a celebrity that I thought was cute and I would watch their interviews and use that as a distraction to like not think about the person I had a crush on. I don't know if that's weird, but I've totally done that. Um, I used to do that with, I can't say that. I can't say, well, should I just leave it in? I'll leave it in. Uh, Am I going to regret that? No, I'm not going to regret that. I'm not going to regret that. Because it's fucking true. And I'm also not the only one. So everybody can fucking relax. Anyway, moving on. Somebody said, my friend is dating my ex now. And I told her I couldn't mentally handle being friends with her if they were going to be in a relationship. And I don't know if that was the right move. In order for me to answer this question, I actually had to put myself in your shoes for a second and like really think about how that would make me feel and I'm not gonna lie to you if any of my friends dated one of my ex-boyfriends I would not well it depends on which one but 
for 90% of them, 99% of them, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. I don't think like that would make me really uncomfortable. Um, because I don't know many people who it wouldn't make them uncomfortable. There's, there are two types of relationships, right? There's like the type that leaves a lasting imprint on you. And then there's the type where you break up and then you never think of them again. I mean, there, there really is the two separate types based off of what you're saying. It sounds like you had more of the first one. So you had more of a relationship where it left a lasting impact on you. You are absolutely entitled to have those feelings. You are at, those feelings are valid. Those feelings are normal. I don't know many people who would be okay with their best friend dating their ex. I mean, I would never in a million years date one of my friend's ex-boyfriends if I was really close with my friend. Like, if my best friend's ex-boyfriends, I would never even go near just because of fucking quote on like girl code or whatever that is but it's just not right like it just is weird especially if you're really close with the person still I mean if it's like an old friend I don't know I mean there's a lot of different situations but if it's your best friend or one of your really close friends that you hang out with all the time and they did that I would say you absolutely deserve to feel like that you did not make a mistake by telling her hey that makes me feel weird I don't know if I can be your friend that's exactly what anyone would do, I feel like, unless they, unless somebody was in a relationship that was one of those ones that were not as significant and, like, you break up and then you don't think about it again, like, that type, um, then it might not be as much of an issue, but because it seems like he meant something a lot to you or whatever, of course, I can't even imagine seeing one of my best friends, like, with one of my ex-boyfriends, like, that would make me want to throw up. I'm not, I'm not kidding. That would make me want to throw up. I'm thinking of like my two best friends right now. Like if I saw them specifically with one of my ex-boyfriends, I would literally not, that would make, I couldn't be friends with them. I would literally be like, you need to break up or something. Like I can't be around this. So sorry. Um, if it was like somebody that I didn't really know that well dating one of my ex-boyfriends, I wouldn't really care because it would be different. But if it was a friend, it would be weird. So you absolutely deserve to feel like that. Your friend shouldn't even be dating your ex-boyfriend anyway if it makes you uncomfortable, period. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone. But talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate, I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk and need a safe space, I highly recommend 
therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash anything. Next one, one of my best friends keeps talking about how she wants to live life on the edge and do drugs slash drink alcohol, which is just really not my sort of thing. And I don't know what to do. I'm finding it really stressful. This is so, uh, this is very normal. I feel like everybody deals with this, whether it's like a friend that's kind of wanting to go crazy or it's like, um, or sometimes it's you that wants to go crazy. Like, you know, this is very normal. So I think the thing that you have to remember is what your friends do, you know, on their day-to-day basis or where your friend's moral codes are at, at that specific time. Um, that doesn't mean that you need to do what they're doing for one. So don't feel like, oh my God, if my friend starts doing this, then that means I need to start doing this. Absolutely not. It's un- Those are not, those things should not be in the same sentence. Like if you don't want to do the things that she's doing, rule number one, don't do them. And if she tries to pressure you into it, then she's a problem. So your friend should be understanding if you don't want to participate. That's thing number one. If you need to have a conversation and be like, hey, you can do whatever you want. I can't control you. These are things I don't really agree with. These are things that I don't really want to do. I'm still going to support you and love you, but I don't know if I can hang out with you while you're doing these things. Or if you do these things around me, like I'm not going to participate and I just need you to know that. There's ways that you can communicate it so that your friend understands that you still love her, you're not judging her, but you're not going to participate. I think it's coming to this agreement that's as so. I will respect you and I will still be your friend even though you're doing things that I don't agree with as long as you are okay with me not doing them and you don't judge me for not wanting to participate. It's this equal respect. And I think that if you can establish that, then you guys will be fine. Another thing is when kids start experimenting with you know, drugs and alcohol, I've noticed that a lot of it tends to be a phase, you know, like, I mean, obviously at a certain point in like young adulthood, it's like no longer a phase and some people go different directions. Some people continue to participate in those things. Other people stop completely because they're like, fuck this. And then some people are in the middle where they're like, eh, I dapple occasionally. And I think that, you know, your friend, who knows, your friend wants to experiment. She's probably, you know, she's probably going to settle down eventually. I'm not saying that she's not going to do those things if she's like, she might, but she'll probably end up settling down. I think it's in the beginning when kids are first starting to try things where they just go crazy and they just like, whatever. Um, and then I think a lot of the times kids kind of end up finding this, this balance where even though they're not supposed to be doing it, I'm not saying that you're supposed to be drinking underage, doing drugs underage. That's not what I'm fucking saying. Trust me. But I'm just saying that this is the reality of the situation. It would be ignorant for me to say, well, you should be telling your friend not to do this at all. Because although that would be, number one, that's not going to get, I mean, you can try to tell your friend like, hey, maybe you should rethink this. But if they're going to, they're probably going to do what they're going to do anyway. 
So be a place of support for your friend so that they can lean on you. Give them advice. Try to talk them out of it. Plant a seed. Be like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. But if they do end up doing it regardless, which usually people kind of do what they want to do and nobody can stop them. Um, just know that like, it's probably just a phase. And if it isn't, they'll probably settle down. But who knows? But the thing I said in the beginning about the whole like mutual respect thing where like you guys both respect that you don't agree on that topic. I think that that's the best way to keep a strong friendship while having differing morals, you know? All right, next one. Hi, Emma. I know this is specific but I need help on it my parents got divorced when I was really young and I've been living with my mom I don't really know my dad that well and I'm having difficulty having a good relationship with him how do I start a conversation with him my parents also got divorced when I was really young um and so I understand how you know jarring that can be and how it's kind of easy to to you know it actually is really difficult to have a good relationship with both parents and it, it takes a lot of practice to find that balance and and it's tough but I I it's never too late to to grow a relationship with somebody it's never too late to you know mend those relationships it's never too late to like start fresh um I think that you guys should, I mean, number one, if you guys are in the same area, I don't know where your dad lives, but if you guys live in a similar area, it could be really nice to um, grab coffee, grab lunch, and be with each other in real life and just kind of start bouncing off of one each other, one another and just start talking about random shit. I mean, like catching up on like how your school life is, how his work life is, you know, what hobbies you both are into, and then you guys can maybe find something that you have in common. Let's say you both really like tennis or let's say you both are really interested in like you both really love sushi or something. Find things that you guys have in common or find something that you guys can teach one another and then put energy into that. So it's about like finding something that you guys can bond over and then going from there. So let's say you don't really know much about tennis, but your dad is really, really good at tennis. Be like, hey, maybe you can teach me how to play tennis and find little things that you guys can relate over and like find like something that you can do together. I think that that's the best way to build a relationship is when you're doing things with the other person because it takes away the awkwardness of being like, oh God, what are we going to talk about? Like, you know, we're just like sitting here and doing nothing. Like, I don't know, you know, find something you guys can do together. That's an activity. And I think from there, you know, hanging out with somebody, it's crazy what happens naturally just because of nature. Like next thing you know, you're going to be talking about this memory and that memory. And next thing you know, you're going to be talking about your feelings about this or that, or you're going to open up about these other things. And I think the step one is just spending time with him and getting comfortable with him so that you feel safe to talk about your feelings and open up. All right, next one. Hi, Emma. I was wondering for advice session number three, if you could give me some advice on learning how to be comfortable in my own skin. I have acne and acne scars and they just make me feel ugly and I'm on medication for it currently, but it's a big struggle and I take care of my skin and I'm still insecure about it more than anything. I know you struggled with acne, so how did you not manage to break down about it because I cry about it to be honest. Uh, 
I love you and would love some advice on how to not constantly overthink and feel insecure about my acne and my acne scars. Girl, I totally get this. I had acne for probably six years on and off. And I just finished taking Accutane, which is, you might be on Accutane, it sounds like. Um, It's the medicine that makes hopefully all your acne go away. (laughs) The thing about acne is that what you need to understand is that it's not your fault, okay? Nine times out of 10, acne is hormonal. And that's not a real statistic. I just made it up. But based on people I know, like there's nothing that you can do. It doesn't matter what products you use. It doesn't matter. It's hormonal. And it's so fucking normal. So many people have acne. The thing that you need to remember is that you're not going to have acne forever. Okay. You will find a way to get rid of it. It's all about patience. Whether you grow out of it or you take a medication, like you will get through it. And it has nothing to do with your character. You're still an amazing, beautiful person, regardless of your acne or whatever. Acne doesn't, it sucks, dude. It really sucks. And I, I totally understand. Like, it's one of those things where I'm not going to tell you like that it's easy to not be insecure about it. I used to cry about my acne all of the time, all the time, all the time. It was my biggest insecurity. And I mean, I've struggled with so many different confidence issues throughout my life, whether it's with my body, my skin, blah, 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 blah. And acne was no exception. Okay. It was, that was really, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever dealt with. I think that what you need to remember is that anybody who's judging you for your acne is an asshole. There's no need to feel Ah, it's so tough. It's so tough because I like I struggled with it and I never truly figured out how to get over it. I mean, I think for me, my main priority was just finding a way to heal it. You know, that was like my number one priority. And that's what kind of kept me inspired was like one day I'm not going to have acne anymore. One day I'm going to be able to get rid of it. And, you know, and eventually I figured it out. But it took six years, you know, of never. So but while you're living in it, what you need to remember is like, it doesn't define you. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person. And it's so normal. So many people have acne. Most people have acne, at least at one point in their life. It doesn't make you any less beautiful. And if anything, I think my experience having acne was so humbling and actually made me appreciate when once it went away like once you know I went on Accutane and it went away like now I feel so grateful for that and I don't think I would have had that feeling of gratefulness otherwise but also I think that I truly understand acne now and I understand the people that go through it as well and so I can relate whereas I feel like if I wouldn't have gone through it I would not be able to relate or be a support for other people who go through it you know and that's something I'm really grateful for You are absolutely just as beautiful with acne as you are without it. And don't let anybody fucking tell you different. Not even yourself. Don't let yourself tell you anything. Like you, it, it don't let yourself tell you any different. That's what I was trying to say. Just know you're not alone. So many people struggle with acne. Okay. There it's, you're not alone in this and you're going to get through it. This episode is brought to you by PNC bank. Unlike this podcast, 
Some things in life should be boring, like banking, because boring is pragmatic and responsible, level-headed and wise. All the things that you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for red carpets, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money. Because when your money is doing what you need it to do, you can do all the unboring things you want to do with it. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Sleep is so important. Without a good night's sleep, during the next day, it's more difficult to function properly, and there are definitely cranky vibes, which is a problem if, like me, every now and then, you might struggle to get sleep and stay asleep, and you've probably tried a few different things to help without success. Well, there's sleep, and then there's Natrol sleep. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients like 99% pure melatonin to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol, sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Click, tap, or visit natrol.com to shop now. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Somebody said, how do I get over somebody when we never actually dated, especially when I keep thinking we might date one day, but I know it's better for me to just move on. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being kind of in love with somebody that you don't necessarily, that you're not dating at the moment or that you don't have anything going on with at the moment. I mean, it's so normal. And I think that it's really hard to like, control your mind if you're into somebody you're into somebody it's really hard to turn that off I think something you could do if you want is you know talk to new people make new friends talk to someone that you think is cute like try to find somebody new that you feel like is a seamless thing you know what I mean where it's like you're not fighting for their attention or you're not fighting for them to like you back like find somebody who you know, be patient. It takes time. It takes a lot of time, but put yourself out there and try to find somebody to take up, take that space, which I kind of talked about earlier, but also it's hard to control that. So if you can't control that and you're, you know, um, and you can't turn that feeling off, you know, don't be hard on yourself. It'll pass either. It'll pass or you start dating. So who knows, right? Be patient with yourself and don't be mad at yourself for feeling the way that you feel. Somebody wants advice on how to handle situations with your parents when you don't agree with them. She says, my dad, she says, my dad and I have very strong opinions that are opposite, which has us arguing a lot. I think that there's something to be said for not talking about things that you disagree, like avoiding those topics. You know what I mean? I, I know it might seem hard sometimes when they're like maybe relevant topics that are either going in, on in the world right now or there's something that's, it's something that's really personal to you. I would say that avoid those topics and maybe have a conversation with your parents and be like, hey, I don't really think it's healthy for us to talk about X, Y, and Z. Maybe we just avoid those topics altogether and agree not to bring those things up because it's really detrimental to our relationship and it's really toxic to be around. You don't need to talk about everything with everyone. I... 
I've had topics that I've disagreed with people about, my friends specifically, um, or friends in the past. And I've just made it my priority to just never have those conversations with those people because it just doesn't get me anywhere. You know what I mean? It doesn't get you anywhere. Talk about something else and avoid those topics. If it's something that's unavoidable, then I think like where it's like something that you have to talk about, have a conversation being like, can we both put our egos aside here and agree to disagree on this? We're both obviously stuck in our ways here. Neither of us are budging. So can we just find a way to agree to disagree and respect each other's opinions? Because you're my parents and I, you're my parents, but we're also human and we don't need to agree on everything, but we do need to respect each other. And I think if you guys can find a way to respect each other's opinions and put your egos aside, you will get through it. Okay, next one. My boyfriend and I have been having little issues and for a while we were all good and being in quarantine definitely isn't helping. But as of right now, my main issue is me feeling uncertain. I feel like he just knows so much about me and compared to that, he doesn't know much. I try to ask questions to know more like, what's your favorite song? And he gets suspicious. Don't get me wrong. We both love each other, but he gets so defensive. Okay. Uh, What I'm kind of getting from this is that you and your boyfriend have some tension going on. There's a little bit of tension between you two that makes you feel uncomfortable and makes you feel uncertain. And you feel like you guys don't actually have a super close bonded relationship. What it sounds like to me is that you guys actually are more dating without a friendship element. I think that a really important part of dating and something I've realized through my experiences is that the best and most healthy relationships come when you're best friends with your partner, right? When you hang out with the person that you're dating in a way like your best friends, but then obviously like there's like an element of affection there that's different. But when like you hang out and talk to your significant other like you would your friend and like you tell them everything and you share things with them, right? Like you share your favorite songs with them. You share all of those types of things. I think that that's the um, groundwork, if that's the right word, for a healthy relationship. It sounds like to me, you guys maybe don't have that friendship element and it's more just, okay, well, we're dating and we love each other, but we don't actually have a a friendship, you know, like outside of our like relationship because there's, that is normal, you know, sometimes I've, I've been in relationships where I've just kind of like been just like a kind of a listener, didn't really add much. I've, I actually, one of the relationships I've been in that comes to mind, I don't think the other person knew anything about me to be completely honest. Like I genuinely don't think they ever asked and I don't think I felt safe to tell them. Like I just was like, I almost felt like we weren't close enough in a sense for me to like talk about things that I was interested in or talk about things that I liked because I felt like we just didn't even have that like friendship foundation where I felt safe to share those things about me and vice versa. It was almost like when I was dating this person, it was like we were just kind of like 
going through the motions of being in a relationship, but we didn't really have any sort of deeper connection. It felt really shallow in a sense. I think that a conversation needs to be had with your boyfriend where you say, hey, I've thought about this a lot. And I think the reason why we have these little issues is because I don't think we we've really ever spent time getting to know each other and getting comfortable telling each other about who we really are and like what we're all about and all of that. And I think that that would be really beneficial if we, you know, kind of started over in a sense and like really got to know each other and moving forward, talk to each other like we're friends, you know, like we're each other's friend. Um, If this doesn't end up working out, this relationship might just not be the one for you, which is okay. And, you know, sometimes the little issues that all build up are a sign that the relationship is not maybe meant to be, you know, not, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. I've been in relationships where I knew that me and the person I was dating just weren't really meant to be together. And it was just, there was too many little problems and they all added up and we just weren't good together. But at the same time, I, it doesn't mean I didn't love them. You know, I still love them equally as much, but I knew deep down that it wasn't right, but I kept fighting for it because I thought that there would be a way to fix it. Some relationships are just not meant to be like, you're just, you don't have, you don't click that way with somebody. But I also think it's hard to know that until you felt it. Like I never knew, oh wow, you can actually be best friends with somebody that you're dating, but that is totally possible. And that's exactly how it should be where you like tell them everything and it's fun and it's chill and you guys have a really deep understanding and you know everything about them and like that is possible but it's also the other option is possible but the other option never really leads to something that's long lasting and healthy I think it can create kind of a division when you don't feel like you have a deep understanding of your partner you know so I would say either have a conversation saying we need to start over or maybe write it out and see if you can make it work. And if not, then hit the road and find someone new. Okay. Next one. Somebody said, I need advice. What's a good diet. I'm going to stop you right there. I am going to stop you right there and say, never go on a diet. Never go on a diet. Please. Diets are very toxic. Okay. I've done it. It, it doesn't work long term, okay? And it can cause so many, so many other issues mentally that can be really detrimental. It can become really obsessive. You can get really obsessed with following the rules of a diet. You can get really obsessed with, you know, making sure that everything you're eating is perfect and that can lead to some really bad things for your mental health and it can lead to eating disorders that are, awful okay so don't ever go on a diet uh that's my recommendation I absolutely am anti-diet I always have been I mean actually that's not true that's not true when I have tried going on diets before and I've seen what it does it's not good it's fucked up my head and it's not healthy it's not a healthy thing to do and it never ends up working long term because then I go on said diet for a little bit and then I'm like oh my god I can't do this anymore. I need to live my life. And then I go back and then it just never ends up. It actually, I end up going back to worse habits than I had before. 
here's what I'm going to tell you. There's no need to go on a diet. Have fun with it. Diets are not fun. The word diet to me is not a fun word. The word exploring new foods, that's a sentence, but exploring new foods, new recipes, finding cool alternatives that are healthy, right? Like finding cool pasta alternatives, finding cool pizza crust alternatives, like finding cool um, ways to cook vegetables that make them taste good, finding um, fun, healthy snacks that you think are really good, like changing your your habits and in doing little replacements of things that you know you already love and finding healthier more nutritious replacements for those things that's the key you know like just making small little changes and trying to replace some of the less nutritious things with more nutritious things and making that into a lifestyle thing right like obviously if you're fucking at an Italian restaurant and you're like, I want to eat a whole plate of whatever the fuck I want, do that shit. If you're like, oh my God, I want to eat, you don't ever restrict yourself. But when it comes to day-to-day life, when you're cooking for yourself at home, when you're making yourself a lunch for work or school, those are the times when you, you know, can make an effort to like choose things that have a have more nutritional value and, you know, are more good for your body, right? But don't ever, but don't think that like, because you're making those healthy choices at home that you can't have something that's maybe quote unquote unhealthy, right? You can still do that. It's just, if you want to make a change in your life so that you can feel better, right? Cause I mean, eating healthy makes you feel better. That's the number one most important thing. And it's better for your body so that, you know, you can live a nice, long, strong, healthy life or do your best to do so. That's why eating healthy is so important. Um, But it's about making it fun, finding fun new recipes, only having healthy snacks in your house, you know, not only, but replacing your unhealthy snacks with your healthy snacks um, so that you're, you know, more inclined to grab something that's maybe, again, more nutritious. Like, it's those little habits. But please, 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 please don't go on a diet. Change your whole lifestyle instead. You know what I mean? Reroute the way that you think about eating, you know, in a way that's healthy, not obsessive, and not putting pressure on yourself. You know, not being like, oh my God, if I don't do this, if I don't eat this certain way, I'm going to be so mad at myself. Like, don't think like that. Think like, I'm going to make an effort to eat more nutritious things and to replace a few of my unhealthy habits with healthier ones. It's an amazing first step. And also, last thing I'm going to say about this is educate yourself on what healthy eating means. You know what I mean? Maybe even talk to a nutritionist and see how you can make little changes in your diet to make yourself feel better and have healthier habits. That's, you know, or, you know, there's lots of resources online that obviously are not necessarily specific to you. So take everything with a grain of salt, but just educate yourself on all of that, you know, and make sure that you're aware of something becomes toxic and obsessive when you're, when you're doing, making this transition, be honest with yourself about, if you're being too hard on yourself and all of that, make sure that you are cutting yourself some slack and and being patient with yourself in that journey. 
Moving on. Okay, this question's from a guy, which is the most amazing thing ever because I never, I, I mainly get questions from from girls. Um, so this is so fun to give a guy advice about girls. Oh my god, I want to do a whole episode like that. <gasps> oh my god, how fun! I'm writing that down. Okay, sorry, I just got like super excited about that idea. I really am excited. So to all the boys that listen to this, if there are any, um, which apparently there are, which is fucking so cool to me. But if you're a dude and you listen, get ready because soon I'm going to do an episode where I give you guys girl advice. I would love to do that. I think that would be so fun. Um, cause I am a, I am a girl. So I like get it. So like I'm in that spot so I can help you guys. Anyways, question is please don't use my name. Oh, I won't. I won't. How can I get a girl to know I'm interested without outright telling her? Okay, so step number one is to be as respectful as possible, right? So there's a, there's a really fine balance here because you want to make sure you're being respectful of the girl and you're not making her uncomfortable, of course. So, you know, although body language is important, it's important to keep the body language to a minimum, right? Like it's there's a fine line between like, you know, what's okay and what isn't when it comes to like, if you're having a conversation and you touch your hand or something like that's a really fine line that can be kind of scary because it can sometimes make the girl feel uncomfortable and you know, stuff like that. But I think that a little bit of that, as long as it's really respectful and friendly, it's not something that like is at all sexual or weird. As long as you're being respectful, I think that little things like that with body language can be important, like can be really you know important and I know for me if I'm talking to a guy and they you know give me a little nudge friendly nudge innocent nudge nothing weird like I'm I'm making there's a very fine line so I'm making sure to be careful here with that but you know something like really like innocent and playful that you would do to a friend like nothing um whatever that's a really big sign to me like oh this guy might like me because you know he's kind of showing that he's interested in talking to me with his body language and all of that. Another thing you can do is you can make an effort in a room to talk to this girl, right? So let's say you're in a, you're at a party and there's like a bunch of girls around a bunch of guys around and you go up to her specifically and you talk to her and you're like making an effort to have a conversation with her. That's another one that I think is huge. Also like I think that innocent compliments can be really cool. Like, Obviously, again, it, it is a fine line with what's, you know, uncomfortable or maybe even sometimes kind of not tasteful versus tasteful. But I think like if you say like, wow, you know, your outfit is so cool today or your hair looks so good today, something that's innocent, you know, I think that that can be kind of sweet. And, you know, again, it's friendly. It's something that you would also do to your friend. But I think making an effort to like compliment her if, if that's how you feel you know um make an effort to communicate with her and show her that you want to talk to her and not other people right those are ways that you can do it um but I think that the number one thing is to just be really respectful of her and her space and her feelings towards you and like all of that I think that that's 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 what will lead to hopefully something really great between you two once she finds out that you are interested. 
But I mean, there's also something to be said for, you know, if you get to a point where you like this person so much, it never hurts to be like, hey, I actually have feelings for you. Although I never do that shit. (laughs) I'm a little bitch when it comes to that. I literally cannot, even I literally will, even in relationships, I struggle with being like, I like you a lot. Like I literally, I have a really hard time with that. So probably need to go to therapy for that one. Don't know what happened there, but anyways. Okay. Next. I've been going through a tough breakup the past three months. He dumped me over text after a year together and then slowly cut me out of his life by blocking me on every single social media platform. I never reacted or responded. Now suddenly he's dating a new girl who is the epitome of a person he dislikes and I don't know how to feel about it. Whether it's a rebound or he's changed as a person, it haunts me how quickly he moved on, especially to this specific girl. I, I know what this is like. Um, I've been through this. The thing is, is what you have to remember is that everybody deals with a breakup differently and you can't take it personal. You can't take it how your ex significant other deals with the breakup has nothing to do with you. Okay. That's how they want to deal with it. Whether it's dating somebody who just doesn't make sense for them or it's, you know, getting with a lot of people really soon after the breakup or it's blocking you on everything. There's nothing that you can do. You know what I mean? The way that your significant other deals with it or your ex deals with it, it's their own journey. It's their own process. You might not agree with it, but to be honest, you're better off not looking at their stuff anymore because the thing is, the way that they deal with it has nothing to do with you. But when you're looking at all of it, it's so easy to take it personal and be like, you know, so-and-so does not like, you know, this type of person yet. Like he left me for them, right? Like that's such an easy place for your mind to go. But you have to understand that you don't know what's going through their mind. Who fucking knows what demons they're dealing with and and why they're doing the things that they're doing that are out of character? I think that the best thing that you can do is immerse yourself in your friendships, in your hobbies, in your schoolwork or your job or whatever thing keeps you occupied and block this person back and don't let yourself look at what they're doing anymore. It's the hardest thing ever. It's so easy and weirdly fun to like look and see oh what's my ex doing right like it's really fun but you have to stop because you're taking it personally it's affecting you know your view of yourself which is so normal and don't be mad at yourself for letting for doing that it's very normal but in order to stop that process you just can't see what they're doing anymore because he blocked you block him back I mean I'm not a huge fan of the whole block thing I've never done that Um, but because he did it, I mean, you might as well block him back so that you can't look him up. You can't see it anymore. You don't know what he's up to and start trying to like find a new person to be excited about too. like get out there. You know what I mean? Get out there and try to talk to new people, even if it's a little bit scary and see that, you know what? I'm moving on too. The second that you see yourself moving on, that's when it's easier to see them move on because you're like, well, I'm doing it too. Um, 
don't overanalyze and don't take it personally. Although that's the worst advice ever because it's like impossible not to do that. But just take the steps to move on and not take it personal. I have so many good questions today that this episode might either be really long or I might have to save these for another day. But somebody said, how do I know if I'm crushing on the idea of someone or the real person? Oh my God. I love this because I have totally liked people, dated people because of the idea of them and not actually who they were. Thousand percent, thousand percent. It's so normal. I think the way to know is how well do you really know this person, right? Like, do you know what they think about when they're going to sleep at night? Uh, Do you know what they do on the weekends? Do you know what their relationship with their family is like, do you know things about them? How much do you know about this person? Do they show weakness to you? Do you see their weak sides? Do you know what they're insecure about? Do you know what, what's a weakness for them? If the answer is no, if you don't really know that much about them, except for that they have a cute face, then you probably like the idea of them. If you don't know that much about said person and you haven't really had a friendship with them first or you haven't spent time getting to know them then the crush is probably the idea of them the more time that you spend with somebody the less likely you have a crush on the idea of them but I think a really important thing is being friends with somebody before you become in any way like romantic with them right like if you are friends with them and kind of develop a friendship in a sense It doesn't need to be like long, but if you're friends with somebody for like a month and a half, two months, three months, six months before you start like dating them, you're going to really figure out what you're in it for, right? Like, do I just think that they're cute or do I actually really like them as a person because you don't have the romantic element distracting you from how you truly feel about them, right? When you're just friends. So that's why being friends first is super fucking important. But somebody said, how to be more honest in a relationship. My boyfriend and I never really argued and I want to talk to him about certain things that bother me, but I don't know how to bring it up. I think that, I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about your relationship, but based on the fact that you don't really feel super comfortable bringing up your problems with him kind of tells me that he might be maybe a little bit judgmental. I might be wrong about that, but I'm just guessing. Um, Listen, the thing is, in a relationship, the worst thing you can do is be angry about something, not tell them, and then build up anger inside. Because that will eventually turn into something 50 times worse. You're going to start acting differently around them. You're going to start resenting them when you're not around them. And it's going to create a toxic relationship. It's so important to get everything out in the open and just talk about it and get it over with because I can guarantee the sooner you bring up these things the sooner that you're going to feel relief and the sooner that you guys can get back to being in a relationship where there's no weird tension things that you're thinking about that bother you right and if you bring it up and he isn't understanding and doesn't want to work through it then he's a piece of shit period so it's really hard and it's really scary but bring it up be like hey I have some things that are bothering me. I don't want to make a big deal out of them, but I do want to just get them off my chest. Here I go. And then just get into it. Somebody said, how do you say no to people you care about? I find myself saying yes to everything 
because I don't want to upset them. I just recently grew out of this. I think the key is to make sure that you don't put yourself out in a sense to help others all the time. Like, obviously, it's it's good to help people or to, you know, say yes when it makes sense. But if something doesn't make sense for you and you're just saying yes out of pity, do your friend a favor by being like, actually, no, because in a friendship, transparency and honesty is key. And so your friendship is going to grow stronger if you're honest and you say, no, I don't want to do this and here's why, or no, I don't like that, blah, 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 blah. That's going to be important for the longevity of your friendship because similar to how, you know, the last question about not bringing up problems in a relationship, this can create kind of hostility or from you and anger if you are always saying yes or you're never bringing up problems that can create anger within you that you don't need to have that's unnecessary for you so you can do this it's hard and it takes practice but if you just start saying no and being honest with yourself it'll become a habit I have so many more questions but I've been recording for so long and I really want to go make myself breakfast so (laughs) I'm gonna go but I'm going to do another advice session soon. I still have leftover questions that I haven't answered yet um, that I'll use for the next time I do one of these. I had so much fun giving you guys advice today. I hope you get, that you guys enjoyed listening. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. And I just want you all to know that I love you and I'm rooting for you. And whatever you're dealing with, you're going to fucking get through it. I can't believe I'm like inspirational now. I just was never like that before, but suddenly I'm suddenly I'm a little inspirational. Don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, I love you all. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning, whatever. And I will talk to you guys next week. Love you guys so much.